Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to Cisco Champions Radio. This is episode 32 of our second season. Our topic today is Tropo. What is Tropo? What can you do with Tropo? And all of those good things. I'm Kim Austin I'm from Collaboration Technology Group, and I'll be playing the part of today's moderator. And we're set for a lively conversation with Jose De Santos and Kevin Chateau, both new to Cisco through the Tropo acquisition. So first, let's have Jose and Kevin introduce themselves. Uh, Jose. Hi, everyone. Uh, Jose De Castro. I'm the co-founder and CTO of Tropo. And uh, yeah, thanks for the intro, Kim. Uh, I'm based in San Francisco and uh, just really excited to be joining such a great team. Uh, I think over the next hour, we'll be talking about what Tropo is and you know, what our customers do with it, and uh, just looking forward to spending a, a good hour sharing some of our insights. Kevin. Yeah, thanks, Kim. Uh, Kevin Chateau here. I run product management for the new Tropo business unit, Cisco, and you know, really excited to be part of Cisco. I think a lot of the things that we've been doing as a standalone company for many years now um, really can resonate with some of the challenges that Cisco developers may have faced previously and really looking forward to engaging with them and bringing new innovative capabilities to them. Excellent. So just to get things started, we have an audience that crosses all sorts of technologies. Um, can you give us the elevator, bus stop, trade show, coffee line explanation of what Tropo is? or anybody who might not know exactly who and what you guys are. Yeah, sure. I can add a little color and then I'll you know, pass it off to Kevin. I'm sure he's got a, you know, always a, a different and complimentary perspective. But, um, you know, we started Tropo back in 2009 um, uh, as a developer platform uh, to allow really any web developer to add voice, uh, real-time communications, or messaging to their existing applications. Um, but also any developer wanting to interact with the kind of big, scary, global uh, telephone system. Um, so making real phone numbers and, and real phones ring um, and do new and interesting things with them. Um, that, of course, uh, was not new, um, but what we felt we did was take a, a very kind of fresh approach to uh, the developer experience, and I'm sure we'll go into, uh, into that quite a bit. Um, and, yeah, I pass it off to Kevin uh, to kind of talk a little bit about the use cases and um, you know what people have actually done with it in practice. Yeah, so again, as, as Jose described, right, we, we provide a, a platform that allows people to embed communications in their apps and business processes, and it's you know, really think of it as a toolkit that can be used for implementing a, a wide variety of use cases. Uh, today, it centers around voice and uh, real-time voice and text messaging, so uh, applications where you may need to place calls out to people uh, or text message out to people. Typical use cases there are notifications. You, you may want to implement something where uh, 
you know, during a, a, a severe weather situation, call all of the parents at a school and let them know that it's a snow day uh, or let people know, you know that work's going to be closed. Um, and on the kind of the flip side, a lot of applications where people are calling into and interacting with, with applications, whether it be simple customer service, uh, information retrieval, look up, I want to find out when the next train is coming, or to connect somebody calling into an application with somebody else to do some call routing type applications and, and connecting people to each other, uh, but having the applications sit in the middle and, and, and handling those intelligently. And, and I think it's, it's important to describe just a little bit here, right, for those very familiar on this call with the existing Cisco suite of offerings, a lot of the things that I described you, know, you may ask yourself, well, doesn't Cisco already have products that do that? Aren't there contact center products or unified messaging products that essentially do those today? And, and while it's true that some of those products can place outbound calls or can receive inbound calls, what makes those really different is the fact that we're about embedding those communications into other applications and making it really easy to do so through a, a very de friendly developer set of APIs and doing it all in the cloud. And so, you know, whether there are Cisco products that do those things, I think a lot of people will find that there are times when using those products to do those capabilities is, isn't really a natural fit. And I think what you'll find with Tropo is we, we help round out those offerings by addressing a lot of the use cases where it may feel like you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and, and really what you need is a toolkit to build exactly the shape of peg that you need. Very cool. So, you know, you, you've talked, I mean, you gave us a kind of an outline, but uh, are there specific technologies where we might see Tropo integrating um, without jumping into the evils of product roadmaps that get me in big trouble? Um, you guys still have the, we're new um, thing. I, I don't get that. Uh, so, are there we, maybe will we see opportunities to see Tropo using Tropo APIs or integrations for Contact Center, Codex, Jabber, Spark, or sorry, I can't say that out loud. Uh, well, uh, I mean, so <clears throat> uh, you know, there, it, it's it probably won't come to any surprise to, to folks, right? That. Um, uh, you know, CTG, the collaboration group, uh, are hard at work at uh, uh, trying to cloudify, if that's even a word, um, a lot of the offerings. And of course, that, that brings with it some really interesting, um, you know, capabilities. On one side, of course, you have the business models that that enables, right? So Spark um, and WebEx uh, for a long time have been sold in kind of a subscription-based model, software as a service, right? Um, and I think that's a well-understood thing. Um, but the other side effect of kind of pushing all of these assets into the cloud um, is that now what used to be um, uh, a kind of shrink-wrapped product, so, so, so to speak, you know, where you buy a software license and you put it on premise and it does what it does, and uh, if there's a new feature, well, you go and you take the new software and you upgrade it. Um, with the cloud, uh, we're all shifting towards a continuous delivery model where the software itself is just an ever-evolving living thing. Um, 
Um, but really, where we uh, where it's natural for someone like Tropo to come in is to say, okay, well, you know, it's it's fine for the cloud software to be constantly adapting to the needs of the end user, the people clicking the buttons or making the calls or uh, sending the messages on Spark or Jabber. Um, but there's a whole other class of user um, which we really spend our time thinking about, which is the developer um, and the IT administrator and the power user who may have a little bit of coding chops that maybe they've written some macros in Excel um, or Microsoft Office products um, and have some coding chops and just want to slightly customize their experience with any of these Cisco products. Um, and I think what you'll see is as we start shifting toward all of these Cisco CTG products to the cloud, um, we, we now allow ourselves to create a, kind of a uniform set of APIs that can span across those. Um, and of course, without going into roadmap or anything like that, um, you can start conceiving of um, what amazing use cases that, 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 would, that would create. Yeah, and I'd add to that, I mean, there, there are scenarios, you know, even, even pre-roadmap, where the combination of Tropo and existing Cisco product makes a lot of sense. So, you know, the Cisco Contact Center suite is, is great at what it does, but it, it doesn't do SMS, for example, right? And if you have an application where you're interacting with a caller and you want to fly back with a text message to confirm what was discussed on that call, you have to go figure out your own SMS solution. By tapping into Tropo, now that contact center can use existing Cisco Contact Center products, and when it, they need to do the SMS piece, right, they, they leverage the Tropo APIs to do that. Yeah, That's so you get to keep it in the family. <laughs> oh, we're all such a great, nice, happy family. Welcome to Cisco. Um, yeah, I forgot to warn you that you were dealing with here. It's me. So here's a different path, um, different kind of question. How does Tropo play in a DOD or a security-centric environment? How does that work with all the lovely rules, regulations, and such. I'll let Kevin handle that one. <laughs> <laughs> you just give it to Alice. Alice would love to answer that question. I was going to warn you guys ahead of time. Just give all the really hard ones to Alice. <laughs> the, Alice the, is in charge of marketing yeah. integration for Tropa, so she's got this very strong technical background in development and security. And she now hates me, which is why I'm working from home. The, the short answer is we, we don't. Uh, we don't today. Uh, you know, if, if there's a significant enough opportunity where it would warrant our setting up a, you know, a completely separate instance, because that was typically what it would take in this sort of, you know, sort of environment, right? If it, if it warrants our setting up a, a completely separate instance managed, you know, by us, but sitting in secure data centers, right? That's something we would certainly it's a conversation we're willing to have. Uh, obviously, it comes with some some pretty significant overhead, and so you know the opportunities would have to to justify that. Yeah, and I'll I'll add to that that from you know beyond the kind of business trigger that would warrant us to to kind of get into that from a technology perspective, um, and I, I'm sure we'll get into this later in the podcast. Um, but you know, Tropo technologies are deployed today. Um, in some of the biggest mobile networks uh, in the world, right? So our software is deployed um, at AT&T, for example, and without getting into specific use cases, you know, our software has been certified 
uh, to run in highly secure environments. So I think what Kevin is referring to is more around our cloud deployment model um, and our choice of using public cloud kind of, you know, off the shelf public cloud infrastructure like Amazon and SoftLayer um, to be our hosting provider. Um, so, um, you know, as, as, as you're probably aware, Amazon has their government cloud now. And of course, Cisco has their own intercloud and, uh, and, and government strategies around that. Um, so we're eager to see what use cases crop up and, um, and, uh, and start kind of mixing and matching solutions to see, uh, you know, kind of expand the, the, the target user base for the platform. Cool. Um, Kevin, anything to jump in on that or did you guys? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that covers it. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's all, it's all stuff that we, you know, understand well and are, are eager to, to learn who, who wants to use it in those environments and, and engage in those discussions. Yeah. I, I think Kevin's eager to like switch the topic before I start making commitments like, yeah, sure. And we can have it done by, you know, July, 15th. <laughs> yeah, those, those co-founders are always dangerous. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Um, so this one I actually know the answer to, but um, nobody else does. Well, maybe. I mean, you guys do. Gosh, I hope you do. Uh, they're wondering whether the Tropo developer community was going to be integrated with the Cisco developer community or whether they're going to stay separate. And um, actually, the FCC has made that de decision for us <laughs> um, because of what the Tropo offerings are. Tropo has to remain on a separate platform, but you can all talk to each other. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. And 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 uh, you know, we've been working very closely with uh, DevNet, for example. Uh, I'm actually at a DevNet event right now uh, to make sure that we kind of cross pollinate. Um, the offers across the, the, you know, the Cisco family of, of products. Um, so while, while it's true that for an accounting perspective, we are kind of a wholly owned subsidiary because we sell voice minutes, um, there's nothing, you know, really keeping us from uh, co-marketing co and, and coming up with combined solutions that just, you know, create, you know, that one plus one equals three kind of value proposition for our partners and, and for our, our shared customers. So. That new math is coming up a lot lately. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I, I saw a proof once. I saw an actual proof once that that proved that one plus one equals three, but I, I forget it now. But <laughs> I think that was a different class. I don't think that was <laughs> technology development. That might have been yeah. a different one. Um, so, uh, the the chat transcript is just going like crazy somewhere else. Um, so, does anybody on the call? For the love of God, please have a question <laughs> because I don't. Uh, Chris Brown, you always have good questions. Uh, look, people are dropping off of mute. That's good. Bill, Carter, Luke Nelson. Come on, guys. All right. Hey, this is uh, Bill Carter. Um, can you guys talk about some? some real integrations you've done with some Cisco products and what they've looked like and how they've been put together? Yeah, so it's, it's a bit early um, to, to have that discussion, right? I mean, we're, we're two months into the acquisition at this point. We're, we're really putting together 
a roadmap for what the integration with Cisco products will look like. And you know, as, as I mentioned, right, I mean, it, it's not a far stretch to kind of understand where we're likely to play, right? I mean, we, we uh, are, are really strong at making it very easy for developers to access communication technologies and, and extending that to the broader collaboration suite that Cisco has uh, you know, will clearly be one of our, our areas of focus. But, uh, you know, at this point, we don't have uh, specific integrations with Cisco products that we're prepared to discuss at this point. Yeah, answering that question would involve the use of at least like six or seven internal code names, which, <laughs> which I think puts it on the list of things that we're not supposed to talk about here. But, but, but stay tuned, definitely. We should have this podcast again in a few months. Um, certainly by the end of the year, we've got some super exciting things that um, are in the pipeline. Um, but Kevin, I mean, maybe, maybe to answer that a different way, right, um, we can talk about um, just some examples of, uh, you know, real companies that have, you know, actually, actually use use the product um, just to give the people a sense of, you know, what is, what's actually being being done today, right? Um, pre Cisco. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to ask if there are examples of how people have used Tropo to augment their their Cisco implementation. Sure. So, um, you know, what, one one example here, and, and and I can't mention the the name of the company, but uh, you know, a big entertainment company, resort uh, a company that has resort hotels, they, they wanted to offer to their guests a, an experience where as they registered for the hotel, the VIPs coming in would get presented with a business card that had a phone number or a concierge that they could uh, contact with for whatever their needs were during, during the course of their stay at that resort. And, you know, to, to cut to the chase, right, they, they wanted to have a kind of a leading edge application, I won't go into all the details, but they, they needed a, an ability for people to call in to that phone number to interact with the system, do some of the interaction in an automated manner, and then as needed, either connect to the concierge or to have the concierge be able to call them back. And typically these guests now aren't calling from the, the phone sitting in the hotel room, they're calling from their, their mobile phones. And so the communication flow gets a little bit more complicated by that. And they they did approach, um, I, I've been told they approached Cisco, I don't, I don't know if that's actually true, but uh, they approached all of the usual suspects who, who provide communication platforms, and they were all told, uh, by all of them, they were told, yeah, we, we can absolutely do that for you, but it's going to be, uh, you know, just what I was describing earlier, trying to fit that square peg in a round hole, right? It, it wasn't really what those platforms were designed for, it wasn't quite a perfect fit, and so, this company uh, actually went and built, unbeknownst to us, the, the whole uh, application using Tropo, and it was only later that we discovered which company it was. And, and the reason behind it was, again, we offered these, these building blocks that they could use to, to develop that call flow and have that interaction done in a modular way and, and allow the concierge to connect to the mobile phones without taking what was essentially a pre-built communication application and trying to morph it into, into the needs of, of uh, a, a unique, um, you know, a unique application. So that's, that's not really an example of Tropo working with a Cisco product, but again, it's an example of where kind of traditional, traditional products didn't fit the bill. Uh, 
give a couple other examples here, though, uh, some that I can mention by, by name here. So a company called Speak to Leads has a, an interesting application where they, uh, you know, all of us have gone to websites and, you know, searched for information, product information or services, and you get to a point where you, you need to know more about that product before you make that purchase decision. And there's a form, you know, you fill out your name and address and phone number and maybe a short description of the question or information that you want to retrieve. And, and typically what these websites do is they take that information and they, you know, they queue it up in either an email for somebody to ultimately respond to or, you know, some other ticketing system. And it can, you know, it can take days to, to ever hear back. Um, all the while, you know, I know, I know for me, I'm, I'm very impatient when I'm uh, in the process of making those sort of purchasing decisions. And if I don't get the information in a matter of minutes, I, I moved on to the next company. So what Speak to Leads does is rather than put you through that pain, they built an application where they will, uh, after you enter that form, they'll immediately call one of uh, you know, the, the customer service agents or salespeople who's, who's trained to respond. They'll interact with that salesperson and play to them the information that you entered in the form. And they'll even use text-to-speech to read out to you the free form fields that you may have entered. And then they can immediately press a button on their phone and get connected to you. And so what used to take hours or days, now within a matter of minutes, you can be talking to a, a qualified lead, can be talking to, to a salesperson. And, and if you think kind of about that call flow, right, and they, they, they offer this service in two other, other uh, web properties and companies, enterprises, to, to embed in their, in their websites. And, and if you think about that, right, I mean, it, there's kind of a bunch of unique things to that solution, right? There's unique call flow dynamics to it, but, but also since they're offering this to a variety of other companies, and they have and, and doing this around the globe, they have a need to be able to provision phone numbers for for this service around around the globe. And instead of having to one-off work with phone companies and provision phone numbers and trunk lines and and set that all up, right? Like we abstract all of that from them. Like they don't have to worry about phone contracts. They don't have to worry about getting phone numbers. Uh, they can all, you know, they get that all from us and are able to build this kind of very unique interaction. Uh, to engage customers with salespeople that you know, traditional solutions wouldn't have been able, really wouldn't be able to offer. Yeah, and and they do that. They do that with a with a predictable cost basis, right? And that's that's the power of the cloud. Is you know we offer very simple pricing. It's you know three cents a minute, you know for domestic, and you know a couple bucks a month for a phone number. Um, or something like that in certain cases for a lead conversion. Um, and they can do that because they have a predictable cost on, on the Tropo side. Yeah, and that, and that predictability is a, a great point because it, 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 it lends into so many other applications. I mentioned earlier the, the application where you're placing outbound notification calls in the event of you know, severe weather. Uh, you think about those types of events, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're not predictable. You don't know whether they're going to happen once a year or 10 times a year. And for companies to have to build up capacity to handle those huge peaks that are only going to happen a couple times a year is a very expensive proposition. 
um, by our being you know entirely cloud-based and and usage-based companies who who need these types of applications don't have to worry about any of that uh, you know upfront infrastructure investment very cool um so the question that Jose sees right in front of him, half of it he can't answer. Can you answer the other half? About that uh, car company. Yeah, sure. I, I think so, because we did, I think, a blog post on it. Um, uh, but yeah, so another, another example, and again, this is, this is a, uh, I think, another great example of how just kind of cloud economics plays into these types of things, right? It's not that, you know, Tropo has done something that was impossible before, but we've packaged it in, in a way and, and through a, a easily consumable kind of cloud business model um, that opens it up to um, completely different and new use cases. Um, so in this example, Mercedes-Benz, um, in a couple different geographies in Europe, they had a marketing campaign um, and they were putting up these billboards that were digital billboards. And on those billboards, they were... Um, uh, well, they had a few different campaigns. One of them was asking for car owners um, to uh, uh, to uh, uh, you know call or text into this number, and they had impromptu meetups uh, for ca different for car owners of different classes of Mercedes Benz, right? So, so all of a sudden, like this sign would be like, "Hey, text here for like the address or the location to a meetup." So, almost, it was almost like a scavenger hunt. Or like Mercedes enthusiasts, you know, on the autobahn and stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it, we got great reviews from them. This was actually a marketing department within the car maker that reached out to us. Where traditionally, traditionally, they would have had to spend months setting up this campaign with their call center, right? Because what? So if you're in a big company, um, a car company, and you're like, hey, we want to do something with the phone. Well your manager is going to be like, oh, okay, well, find out who the phone guys are. And then you're, you, you, know, you trace it all the way back and you end up at like, with like some guy who knows a guy at the call center and then you set up some campaign, right? Um, um, now, you know, in this case, the actual marketing department themselves, they had like a coder IT guy in, in, the, you know, in the back, you know, who was just sitting there in his cube and he was like, hey, we, you know, go figure out how to, you know, receive text messages and whatever. And he did a Google search and found Tropo and within 20 minutes, literally had his first app working. And, and within four or five days, they had a live campaign that they, could, that they could launch, right? There was no need to kind of go and talk to other departments and coordinate and do cross-charging and, and all of that. Um, so there's an empowerment there that while the use case itself is not terribly complex or sexy, um, um, you know, the way that they went about it, consumed it, found it, um, and... You know, they, they, the marketing department literally just put it on a credit card because, again, it was just, you know, one campaign and um, they didn't really need to sign a contract. Um, um, uh, f funny enough, I think they ended up having to take the campaign down because asking drivers to text while they're driving is a bad idea. Um, <laughs> but but non nonetheless, nonetheless, I think it's a cool example. Please don't text and drive, except if you're responding to our marketing. And I was just going to say exactly what Chris said in chat, especially on the Audubon. So, <laughs> yeah, legal might have gotten a little 
edgy about that one if anything bad yeah, happens. Yeah. So that may be a good example of why you probably do want cross-departmental oversight on some of these marketing campaigns. But, um, but yeah. But as we know, marketing people are crazy. You, you find that we find that a lot. That you know, well, well, we may not be going after you know the uh, the front door IBR number for tier one banks. We'll find that you know some some group within that tier one bank. Uh, you know, is trying to do something unique, and they run into roadblocks, whether they're you know, capex budgets or IT processes, and you know, they want to do something quick and fast and find us, and, and that's how uh, you know we, we provide solutions to them. Do you yeah, find actually, just just this past weekend, we had. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to ask if you found a lot of companies maybe doing proof of concept using this using Tropo to, to, to prove it to the bigger voices yeah, that, the larger companies. Well, that, that's, that's right. And I think that's, um, that's obviously been a challenge for us for some of these larger deals where I think you'll start to see some of that, you know, synergy with um, now being part of Cisco, right? We, we certainly get our fair share of folks that are made prototype on Tropo um, and then once they've kind of convinced their boss that this campaign is a good idea, then, you know, they'll go, they'll end up going to production with, you know, whoever that company is most comfortable with, right? So be it an IBM or a Nuance or a Cisco or a Microsoft. Um, and of course, now what we're hoping to say is like, hey, look, we, you know, we, we are Cisco. We already have a contract together. Um, you already know how to buy from us at scale. Um, so let's just, um, let's just keep it, keep it, keep it all in the family, keep it, keep it on Tropo. And, um, and that just becomes easier to do when we have these, these, these ways of engaging and these channels into these large enterprises that are already established. Excellent. And I interrupted you when you were going to say something fascinating. Oh, no. Well, it was just, uh, it was just another use case. And, you know, it just it stinks that I can't say the name, but, um, you know, people may be able to figure it out. But just, just this past weekend uh, on Sunday, um, just another example of how people find Tropo on the Internet. Um, we were approached last Thursday by a producer, TV producer, for a very popular U.S. late-night TV show. And um, they wanted to... They, they wanted an 800 number to kind of create like a, a spoof that they were going to put on the air and then cross on their, on their Twitter and, and all of that. And they did. Um, you know, they, they had an existing provider. Um, the provider wasn't able to deliver. Um, and within less than 24 hours, they had ported their phone number over to Tropo. Um, and I think on Sunday alone, you know, we, we had done, you know, over 100,000 calls, you know, for them. Uh, you know, when they flashed, flashed the number on the screen, it was kind of a, a spoof, kind of satirical thing. Um, and of course, you know, for Tropo, that's, you know, we're not betting the big bucks on, you know, those types of campaigns. But, but again, you know, you have now you have a relationship with a large TV network um, that you wouldn't have had otherwise and a billing relationship with them. And of course, that starts spreading from one show, one producer to another producer and, and uh, you know, it could turn into a pretty good business. So. That's always fun to know your stuff on TV. Yeah. Yeah, that too. <laughs> oh, look, an IP phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, Chris has another great question about um, the transcri transcription aspect, like voice-based. Yeah. Uh, so 
don't know if there was more, more to the question, um, but, but uh, I'll speak generally about transcription. Uh, so we have in native in the product, the ability to, to collect recordings and from those recordings, you can uh, get a transcription if you like. Um, currently, if you use the transcription that's natively in there, we use, we use nuance. Um, and you'll get a transcription back, maybe email back to you or post back to you. Um, but we've also recently engaged with a company called VoiceBase, and you'll find a nice blog post that describes how you would use Tropo in combination with VoiceBase. And one of the, one of the, the, the neat things that they do, they, they do so much more than just giving you a raw transcription. Um, they will do the raw transcription, of course, but they'll also, if, if you want to, um, have a human go through and clean it up as a, a value add on top of that. But probably even more interesting is the types of analytics that they'll do around those transcriptions. They'll, they'll create for you, uh, automatically go through and pull out keywords, and then within those keywords, uh, you know, all the, the pertinent topics that were discussed. So a perfect example would be, uh, you know, recording of a conference call. And you want to know, you know, how many times uh, a certain phrase like text messaging was, was talked about in there, or you want to be able to jump to the points in that recording where text messaging was discussed. And you can see a nice voice base gives you a nice graphical representation of your, of your audio, and it'll flag for you where, where those words were presented within there. And then within, within text messaging, there may be subwords that you're interested in, uh, you know, maybe emojis or uh, you know, I don't know what the other examples would be, but um, you know, you're able to, to, to quickly search into your text and, and make use of it uh, so much more readily than just a raw transcription. And so today it's, it's an arm's length relationship with VoiceBase. Again, we, we, you know, we, we have a, a POC um, and we have example code that shows how you use us in combination with them. Um, and then over time, we're looking to see if it makes sense to, to broaden our relationship and, and make it more, more tight with them. But uh, at this point, that's, that's where it stands. Does that answer the question you had, Chris? Yes, it does. Thank you, Chris. Does anybody else have any questions they want? You got, you got Jose and Kevin each sitting in these tiny little corners of Cisco offices just waiting to answer. Yeah, well, it's uh, it actually lunch just uh, let out here, and it's uh, getting a little noisy. But, Kevin, um, uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about um, kind of the mobile network service provider angle. Um, and uh, for for a little bit, and then um, you know, obviously, I can I can try to chime in once it's a little less noisy. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if if you go and visit our website tropa.com today, what you'll see predominantly is what we've been describing on this call so far. Right? These applications where uh, you know there's a phone number tied to the application. I'm calling into that phone number to interact with an automated system, or maybe I'm getting a text message sent out to me from that phone number. And as we built the capabilities for developers to, to create these applications really easily and insert them into these what we call virtual number applications, we thought, you know, as big an opportunity as that, as that is, wouldn't it be interesting if you could apply that same power of intelligently programming communications, but apply it to any call? So rather than having the application assigned to uh, a phone number 
have the application assigned to, to my mobile account, right? Or have it be assigned to, um, you know, to, to the account number of, of, a, of an enterprise. And so uh, what we've done, and, and the first use case is, is a, uh, you know, uh, Jose was mentioning earlier how we deployed an AT&T. Uh, we have a very deep integration with AT&T's IMS network that allows us to sit in the middle of calls that flow across the AT&T network. And uh, you know, we essentially intercept that call and we can apply all sorts of, of logic to it. We can do things like control what happens to the call, the disposition of it, have it transferred different places. Um, we can also do media operations. We can inject audio into it. We can get recordings from it. We can do transcriptions. And what AT&T has initially done with that is uh, implemented for some of their financial services companies the ability to do mobile call recording. And this, this kind of came about because a large financial services company who used AT&T as their mobile service provider uh, they went to, to AT&T and they said, you know, given Dodd-Frank regulations, we need to now record all of our, all of our calls on the lines that, that we're subscribed to. And AT&T's initial reaction was, well, we can't really do that. And so the financial services company said, well, in that case, we need to cancel all of our lines with you. And, and AT&T, being AT&T, said, wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> well, let it give us some time. We'll figure something out. In the background, Tropo had been working with AT&T through AT&T's Foundry uh, on this very solution I described, and it became kind of the poster child to bring, bring the solution to market. And again, kind of the power of sitting in the middle of that network is it allows all of this to be completely transparent to the subscriber. So previous solutions might have required that I install some client application on my device to record calls. And, and that sort of works in Android devices. It, iOS doesn't give you the flexibility to do that. And on feature phones, right, it just isn't a possibility. Um, and then, you know, other options were switch to a, a different carrier, swap, swap out my SIM and switch to some MVNO that has recording as part of the solution, right? And, and that, of course, is not transparent to either me as the, the user or to the enterprise who then has to change all their billing relationships and everything. Uh, by sitting in the network, as that call flows across, right, we can have applications that will sit in there and it can not only record the calls, but it can do it intelligently. It can, it can look at who, who is calling me and it can check for a whitelist. Is it, is it my wife calling me and therefore it doesn't need to be recorded or um, apply other sorts of logic to it? Actually, I wish I, wish I had all conversations with my wife recorded because then then it's just like, ah, ah, you did say the thing that I said that you said, you know. And transcribed. <laughs> uh, that and, you works know, both ways. If, Gotta be if, careful. If, if you start to think about, though, that, you know, your mind can start to, to, to run wild, right? I mean, Jose's, I don't know, maybe he's joking about calls with his wife, but, but you think about parental controls, right? Like, I may really want all calls from my kids to be recorded, or maybe I want to listen in on those calls for certain keywords like, you know, drug names, or maybe I want to control it so that they can't get calls after certain hours or from out of state or what have you, right? And, and again, current solutions try to do that on the device, but the kids know how to work around those. Um, by putting all this power in the network, uh, it, it makes it not only transparent to them, 
but it's something that they can't can't change. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 really, in essence, what we've done is we've made all of your mobile calls programmable. Um, so rather than have to get a Tropo number, everything you can do with on Tropo.com today, we can enable um, on your real phone number, um, and that's just tremendously powerful. Um, everything from, I mean, imagine having a Siri type assistant on your calls all the time that you can invoke, just like you would Siri, but. You know, in this case, she has the context of who you're talking to, maybe what the conversation is about, because you have the meeting in your calendar. Um, and, you know, without getting into roadmap, you could start to imagine a world where your meetings, um, whether they be on WebEx or on your Cisco desk phone, become programmable, where third-party content vendors, third-party uh, um, software vendors, uh, cloud companies, can start to participate in your everyday meetings, collaborations, phone calls, jabber text messages, um, and um, and extract business meaning from that. So, I mean, imagine you know you're on Spark, you have a, a bunch of Spark rooms, and you're chatting about this topic and that topic. Um, that escalates into a phone call, and then after that phone call, you decide you need to schedule a meeting. Um, there really isn't anything in the Cisco portfolio today that is able to intelligently look at those individual points of contact between teams, team members and customers um, and give you a single view. Um, and of course, there, there are two camps, right? And, there, and I, there, are two, there are two ways of looking at this. On one side, you may say, well, well wow, that's an opportunity for Cisco to, to solve that problem. You know, why isn't Cisco have a big data story to provide that kind of cohesive view on how teams are collaborating and, and all the different touch points. Um, the other way of thinking about it, which is the way you know, we naturally think at Tropo is, no, well, the, the solution to this is open it up, open up the data, open up the APIs, um, and third parties or the enterprises themselves will find ways to solve their specific problems um, if we give them the, the, the capabilities to do that. And, and APIs, um, are, are that way. Um, it's, it's the way that the web opens itself up to innovation. Um, and that's, that's what really has us so excited about joining CTG is, you know, we see collaboration as really the next frontier of uh, how business intelligence can be applied to make people more productive um, no matter where they're working in the world. I think that's a pretty... Uh, Nice way of closing up the conversation. APIs are the way the, the web opens itself up to innovation. That belongs on my Twitter feed. I'm going to be there very soon if somebody doesn't beat me to it. But um, this, I want to thank you guys from, for being here and for sharing your information and skipping lunch with the DevNet folk. Hopefully, they left you some behind. I hear they're pretty, um, they like to eat over there. But I want to thank everybody for joining and asking your questions of Kevin Jose, uh, Kevin and Jose. I just turned you into one person. Look for this episode and other fabulous episodes on iTunes and blog.cisco.com. I'm Kim Austin, and I can't read my own notes. I'm Kim Austin. I've played the part of today's moderator. Tune in next week. And in the meantime, see you on Cisco Spark and in the Twitterverse. Over and out for now.